0: Forest City Church, anyone everyone. Let's go back to the Jewish world and remember, they spent time in slavery, and then they found themselves wandering through the desert. If you read the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus will tell you about Mount Sinai, but if you read the book of Deuteronomy, it'll tell you about the place called Mount Horeb, and Horeb is like Sinai, but Horeb in Hebrew literally means desert. There's a mount of desert. And I love it because for 40 years, the Hebrew nation is walking and wandering. They're trying to figure it out. Where is this story going? Where are you taking us? And for many people, they're like, I just want to return back to what was familiar, what I knew, what I can expect. And yet God kept saying, I want to lead you into the unexpected. I want to lead you to a place that you trust me with every part of you. Even the parts of your story that you don't want to look at. But here's the thing. If you are familiar with the book of Deuteronomy, you get to chapter 1. You don't even get that far into chapter 1. verse 6, you begin to recognize that the Hebrew nation has now just set up shop around Mount Horeb. For almost a year... They're at Mount Horeb. They know where to go to get water. They know where to go to actually start to cook. They know where to go to take the trash. They know what to do, what to do when there's some kind of issue between people. They know where to go to the judges to talk about it. They have figured out a culture. But that's not what God called them to. God didn't call them to stay at the base of Mount Desert. He called him to the land that he had promised Abraham, the righteous one, Isaac, and even Jacob, the deceiver. Every one of us can find ourselves in that story, righteous to the deceiver. And everyone in between is invited into this promised land. But it gets so easy for us to stay put at the horebs of our life. And the truth is, in one little verse, Deuteronomy 1 6, it says this You've stayed too long at the mountain. Turn, set your journey, and go. One verse. Hopefully, by the end of this little talk, you will have memorized a verse that you can go get a sticker um, on your way out. You have stayed too long at this mountain. Any of you stayed too long in a mountain? maybe overstayed, overstayed in angst and frustration or bitterness, maybe overwhelmed, you just stayed too long in this place, and it's actually become familiar. Like, you have this relationship with your anger, and it, like, feeds you. Or you have this, like, this, this, like, relationship with this past part of your story, and it, like, it's still, like, you return to it to give you some sense of anger or frustration? Do you find yourself just staying too long, maybe in some situation that is toxic or abusive or unhealthy, but that's like what you know? What's crazy is if you just read Deuteronomy 1.6, you might be unaware of this, but Mount Horeb is 11 days walk from the promised land. So it's not like they are 31 years away. They're 11 days. i would be like walking from here to Gary, Indiana. The land of promise. <laughs> Let's go. Now here's the thing. 11 days. 11 days. They can see it. They can see it. But it's Mount Horeb. And it takes a moment... And maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone who takes you out to early morning coffee. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a kid looking at you. Maybe it's a boss. But it takes a moment for you to be shooken out of your staying too longness. And that's what Deuteronomy six is. You've stayed too long at this mountain. It's comfortable, it's familiar, I know, but that's that's not where I'm calling you. And then the next word I just love, it's turn. Turn. Which if you're familiar with the Hebrew language, this is what we get for repentance. Because what is repentance? It is turning and returning home. But this turn is different. This turn is not in the sense of repentance, but all repentance is, is a walk towards home. And what is home? It's where you can be everything God intended you to be. And in this moment where something has become so familiar, and you've got, in like Mike Bro language, the same old, like I know it, the, the same old, the same old, the same old, the same old, the same old. You have all of the routines. You have all of the way that you have always done things. And then like, turn. And see. And see. And what's what's so wild to me is, you got to imagine that a nation that big, they had seen it. They had seen what was possible. They had seen it. But somehow they just didn't want to go. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? You sit with an addict. They see recovery. They just sometimes don't know how to get there. You see with a marriage that's on the rocks? They see what the marriage can be. They just don't necessarily know how to get there. You can see in a relationship what you want it to be. Sometimes you just don't know how to get there. And there's just something beautiful in this moment where it's as if the writer is trying to say, turn and lift up your head and see God's vision for this. See that. And when you can begin to see that vision, because there are times where I can get stuck or I can get pulled back into the same old, same old, old mountains, and there's this moment where I have to almost coach myself or have someone in my life go, turn. Can you see? Can you really see? Not your agenda, but can you see as God sees? And what's so amazing, it's so biblical, it's so practical, you've stayed too long on this mountain, turn, see as God sees, and then look what it says, set a plan. Set a plan. It is uber practical. It's uber practical. There's a plan. There's 11 days. It takes a little bit longer because Moses can't actually enter in and they have to have a season of grieving. It takes them a little bit longer, but they begin to set a plan. And that is what the book of Deuteronomy is. It's the set of plans to move towards the promised land, remembering the things they ought to remember and forgetting the things they ought to forget. As they begin to carry this name into the land of promise. But I love it. I love it because it's you've stayed too long at this mountain. Turn, see as God sees, set a plan. And then it's like the writer just has to say, Go. What are you waiting for? Because some of us, we're really good at creating a plan, right? Oh, man, this is what i want to do. This is what I'm, I'm going to go to the gym on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. And then Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays come, and I do not go to the gym. But I said the plan, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to be the most forgiving person. And then God's like, great, awesome. And then you're like, um, well, just not with that person. It's not, no, no, no. I want to be a person of patience. And here's my plan. I'm going to drive to the city of Chicago and just sit in traffic. Right? You've got you to set a plan, and you got to do it. Right? And, and this, this is what's so amazing is when we call Weekend of Hope, and, and I love Eric will say this often to me. He said, hope isn't a, a strategy. It needs a plan. It needs a sense of execution. But then once you have that plan, then you, you got to go after it. And when I think about where we are as a church, it's very similar to Deuteronomy 1. I've been spending about a year at Mount Horeb. And right now, like, it, 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 it's like certain pieces of our culture. We're starting to figure this thing out. We, we, we've got this building. We're figuring it out. Our, I mean, our volunteers get in here early. They're setting stuff up. They're tearing stuff down. We, we've, we figured out, and we're figuring out this building. And the danger of that is that you could lose the dependence. as we figured it out. But how do you you stay dependent? How do you continue to see that, oh, no, no, as Bria said beautifully, this isn't just a pop-up, pop-down. This is an embodiment of the kingdom of God in each of us. So that we see as God sees for what he longs for Elgin and beyond in the northwest suburbs, and how everywhere we go, as for city people, we ought to be those bringers and dealers and curators and purveyors of hope. And we're just bringing that. And so, what you're gonna hear is a plan. Because we don't want to just be people who stay, but we want to see as God sees. God is bringing people into the... You all are so gifted and talented, but there's a plan that we want to actually go after. And you know what? We can only go as far as the generosity of this place. And as we start to take those steps to go, here's what we're going to do, and here's what we want to go, and here's who we want to be, man... I continue to think when I hear Bria get excited about one collective, I hear people come up to me and be like, "Dude, Steve, that following Jesus class that Leonard's teaching, it's changing. It's changing our church." I started looking at that. Go, man! This is this is all based on what you have been able to actually commit to this place. And as we look towards like year end, I'm so excited. We've got some stuff we've got to figure out. Stuff better at like executing. We got some stuff that we want to do, but we also want to do some stuff in our city and in the world, and you're going to hear that. And so, one last time, let's not be the kind of church that stays too long in a mountain. Let's be the kind of church that's dependent, expectant, following the cloud, trusting, because I don't think they were that far off from the vision that God has for us. But let's set that plan. Let's see as God sees. And let's not go alone, because Christianity was never meant to be a solo sport. It was always a team sport. Always us working together. And when we see it, let's go after it. And let's see what God will do in us, and with us, and through us, and for us. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. I'm so excited about where we're going this year. I'm going to invite Eric and Bria. They're going to come up, and they're going to, they're going to share a little bit more about, man, how we want to— almost that plan, where we want to take this, where we see
1: God actually writing the story here in Elgin and beyond. So when we think about, like, what do we see for 2023? We can't uh, lay out everything, but there's some pieces here at Elgin that we are really, really excited about, some things that we really hope Um, we can extend in 2023. Now you're gonna hear and be able to see everything we're hoping to do as both campuses um, by the end of this, Uh, don't worry, not all while you're sitting here. Um, You're like, my goodness, how long will we be here? But I I asked Bria if she would share just a little bit, as we look ahead to 2023, um, one of the areas we are so hopeful for um, here at this campus.
2: Yes. So as you consider just how generosity could impact what we see and, and where we could go next, you know, as, as a mom, just the experience of kids and students is so important to be here at the campus. And we've just spent the last year launching our kids ministry. And we're just so excited to see so many of you come alongside, um, kids all the way from infant to fifth grade. And that's just been so beautiful to see a place for them and a place to experience Jesus, to learn about him, to hear from him. My Daughter comes home. We did the nativity scene, and she said, is that Joseph that fell in the pit? I said, that's a different Joseph, <laughs> but it's good, you know. So she's coming home with things already that I know she's she's learning in kids, and and as we think about, you know, we've, we've gotten all the way up to fifth grade, but we know that there are experiences of middle school and students, and we just want those students to feel so seen and loved. Um, there was a student that we were able to baptize this past year, and he doesn't have a place or a program for him, but he just loves coming every every Sunday coming with his mom and just loves the experience and I just would love to see us be able to build into the experience for for students of that age that they feel seen and known and have a place to follow Jesus and find their place in the church as well we know um, another part that that we really look towards is just this area of young adults and college students we got any Judson students in the house this morning they're they're gone oh I was going to say they might come to the 11, but they're not here. Anyways, well, Eliza's here. I knew you were here. You babysit my daughter. There we go. Eliza's here. So hey, so we we also just want to follow with some of the momentum that we see already happening at this campus. Who's here? How can we come alongside the people that are here? Um, and we have a couple who's been really intentional about coming alongside our college age students. They did a friendsgiving for our Judson students. They're they're sending pizza during finals week to to help kids kind of get through that home stretch or students to get through that home stretch. And we just would love to further build into our college age community, our young adults community. It's really important for that next generation experience here and we want to create a home and a place um, for those individuals. So we would love to build into that community as well.
1: So for 2023 not only do we see a real big emphasis here on next gen. I mean we we want to emphasize that the generosity through our year-end offering is going to be targeted for us at this campus to build what that next generation ministry looks like. But we're also excited about some of the stuff we're going to get to do around the world. And I know, Steve, you got a chance to be with Food for the Hungry as we expand our partnership. Could you tell a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So um, what's cool is what I've been hearing from Bria about the One Collective Partnership in Elgin. It's been fascinating because there's a lot of similarities with what's happening in our partnership with Food for the Hungry. And I had the privilege to go to the Dominican Republic, and we have a partnership with FH, Food for the Hungry, in the DR and also in Rwanda. You'll hear more about that in a moment. But What's beautiful about this partnership is it's a 10 year partnership. So sometimes when you drive in or you go to O'Hare and it's like sister city of O'Hare or of Chicago is, and one will be Toronto. What's amazing is we have this community, this village, this area in the DR that um, they're like hearing stories about us. And I got to see what happens when you empower a community. It's not as like the heroes to come in and sh- fix it. No, to actually empower the people in the DR to be and experience sustainable flourishing. And I saw it. I saw watching FH do this with a community that they were just starting at. I saw it with another community that was three years in. I saw another community that was at year nine and a half. And they were telling FH, we don't need you anymore. Thanks for what you did. We're done with you. And not in a bad way, but literally, like, you, you did everything you said you were going to do. And it was so beautiful seeing these local leaders who were leading churches and started preschools and kindergartens and elementary schools who had built massive water wells to, f- like, create water for this whole area. It was them. And so for me, I just was like, oh, my goodness. And the other thing they said was, and if you want to come, bring some of the people from Forest City, Elgin. And I was like, we're going to do that sometime. So I'm really excited about that partnership.
1: Um, Not only will we be able to be... generous here locally, but you you heard this partnership is going to give us the opportunity to continue generosity on your behalf internationally. And there's one other partnership that um, we'll be uh, exploring this year that you'll get to be a part of. And instead of me telling you about it, I I asked Moses Nirahu, who is the country director for World Relief, if he would just like jump on a Zoom with me real quick and talk to you about um, a really, really cool um, partnership opportunity that's coming up. So check this out. I'm so excited that we are gonna get to partner with you as a church. So I thought it would be great. Tell us a little bit about World Relief, the work that you do, um, and and, uh, what makes you guys unique. But let's start with the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, uh, Eric. Uh,
3: World Relief uh, is uh, a Christian relief and development organization that has been uh, serving The church and the most vulnerable for the past uh, over 70 years uh, in several countries all over the world Uh, but specifically here in rwanda we've been here since 1994 just right after the genocide against the tutsi we've been able really to join hands uh, with the government of rwanda in rebuilding uh, of the country and it's been a wonderful and humbling journey i think what's compelling about world relief is the um, opportunity that is extended to us to partner with an institution that God established to restore broken relationships, to address issues in an integral way from what I did, an institution that is going to bring lasting change for years, but also an institution that has proved itself for over 2,000 years to be close to the people and the needs of people, and that's the local church.
1: You also. Um are part of the National Prayer Breakfast that happens every single year. And yeah. um, you've been inviting me for so many years and, and it's not been able to work out, but tell us about the National Prayer Breakfast and um, and then I think it'd be fun for us to talk about how Forest City Church is gonna be involved this coming year.
3: Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, Eric, you've been a dear friend uh, to Rwanda and a good friend uh, for our country and uh, uh-huh. you've been Rwanda several times, but uh, you've extended the opportunity uh, to us so that we can as well invite a Forest City uh, Church. I think it would be a wonderful opportunity and we look forward to January the 15th, where uh, the members of your worship team will be colliding with the Rwandan worshipers at this uh, national event uh, on Jan 15th. So That's so uh, great.
1: It is exciting. Um, Four City Worship leading at the National Prayer Breakfast. I literally could talk to you forever. I love your heart and all that you're doing. Um, You are a brother in the Lord, and I'm so excited that we'll get to support um, your work at the Prayer Breakfast with Four City Music and Worship, as well as um, build a relationship uh, together to serve the most vulnerable to the local church. Thank you, Moses, for all your work. Um, We are so grateful. Thank you so much, Eric for the opportunity to partner. So in, in just a few short weeks, we'll actually join um, leading at the National Prayer Breakfast. Um, that'll be with the president. Uh, it's broadcast toward, uh, around the whole country. And actually, I think you're going to be there, aren't you? I'm going to be there
4: for sure. Are you going to be leading? I'm not going to be leading. Um, I'll be bridge building. I won't be doing worship. That's, okay. um, it's not, that's, my, that's not my ministry. Uh, well,
1: we'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. We'll see what the Lord um, does. But, um, you know, as we wrap up, the, the, the one last piece we wanted to talk about as we look forward in 2023 is we just wrapped up this Seventh Floor series and we talked a lot about, hey, what does Seventh Floor, which is our version of Acts chapter 13. Like What does that look like for every single one of us? How do we live that life? And so could you kind of talk a little bit about Seventh Floor and what that means for us here in Elgin?
4: Yeah, so I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when, when we visited in the March of last year. Uh, to check this place out. Uh, Pulled up at the seventh floor in your apartment and folks showed up. Um, I'm too humble to think it was for us, Um, but it was a place that they wanted to be. It was a place that they wanted to to come to. And uh, in that spot, it was a room full of strangers for my wife and I. Um, but, man, we kicked it that night and that day. And, uh, and really, in that space, we began to, 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 um, to knock off things in our, our to-do list. If we were going to be here, we, we found a place that we were going to move to. We, we began to, uh, to learn the, the school that to would eventually go to. And so a lot of things happened for us in this place that was initially strangers. But, but by the end of that night, man, we, we had already began to strike up friendships. And so it was just so amazing. And, and I think that when I think about our church, I think that that for us to multiply those kinds of spaces, um, and they're already happening, it's already happening amongst our church um, in this campus. And the great thing about it is I'm excited about it because when we talk about the cruciform life, when we talk about this life being shaped by the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus, this is the type of environment to where that that thing can can grow and be cultivated in people the best. And so we're excited about creating these spaces in our church, not in a way where we're just casting a vision, where we can actually intentionally multiply and create these spaces in our church so that that what I've experienced and so many other people have experienced, we can can continue that on in our church, so we're excited about that.
1: So we have two asks this weekend. It's pretty simple. Um, Ask number one is if you really are curious, like, hey, what are you all really about, and how do I engage with that? Like, what's my role in this? Um, We put together this. Um, It's actually a 15-day study that if you really wanted to kick off this new year saying, all right, how am I a part of this community in 2023? As we look forward. We're inviting every single one of you as you go downstairs to grab one of these studies, to take it into your house. And um, maybe the holidays won't be the perfect time to do a 15-day study. Maybe this is something you kick off the new year with. But we're asking every single one of you to grab this study Um, It's called The Seventh Floor, but it really is uh, our vision of how do we create these spaces everywhere, like everywhere, not not just in Rockford, not just in Elgin, but in Streamwood, in Andersonville, in Ravenswood, Wicker Park, all over the place, because what we know is that gospel communities, these things were meant to pop up everywhere. And we... Are wondering if maybe um, you'd like to go with us on that journey, and the best way to sort of answer that is to grab this. Um, You can go down into the lobby and you can grab one of these books. And here's the deal: it's not one per family. We're asking one per person because I think this is something that each of us have to go through. So, what's your role in 2023? Number one is: would you grab one of these studies now? We're asking that if you're willing to donate like 10 bucks towards them because uh, they were, um, they're really nice, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a portion of every book that uh, you donate towards to will go towards our uh, local outreach. Um, but if you can't, great. Don't let cost be a barrier. Just grab one. We-, we want you to grab hold of this. And so that's our first ask. Parks, can I
0: say one thing real quick? Yes, Talk about seventh floor culture. um, I got a call. You're going to hate this, but, um, and you look really strong in that sweater, so I'm going to stand back here. You look strong. But I'm going to say this right now. I got a call this week, and uh, we talk about bringing seventh floor culture wherever we go. And and, um, it was uh, someone from this community, and um, she was just weeping. And I was like, "What, what, what? Tell me more. Tell me more. And she said, last Sunday, after service, This guy gets in a car, drives basically out to the North Shore. And someone who's been here at FCC ended up passing on Tuesday. But a few days before he passed, and this woman is just telling the story and crying, this guy shows up, brings communion, doesn't even know the people in this room, the family members, pastors them, says communion in this hospital room, prays over them, and, and what that did for that family, what that did. And so it's like, did you, you just embody this so well? And these are stories that, like, if you told people, be like, what in the world? You know, I watched Berea do this as well in the, in the, in the city. Like, I just, but I look at this and I go, gosh, like, this, this book is kind of the heart behind how everywhere we go, we can embody the way of Christ, to care as Christ cares, to love as Christ loves. And so I love that we're getting to do this together.
1: So that's the, you do look strong in that sweater, you do. Um, here's our second request. Um, you see this card, all of you will get uh, one of these cards and it's really, really simple. There's a scantron, or a scantron, scantron, that shows you like, bro, you're old. You, some of you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I don't know scantrons, yeah. I don't scantrons. Put scantron. down your number two Rest pencils to see me afterwards. We'll talk about Scantrons, whatever this little thing is. Scantron, that's what I'm going to call them from now on. QR code. There's a QR code. Um, We're asking that um, as we prepare for year-end, if you would consider a year-end gift this year. Um, And much of what we, we didn't get to lay out a lot of what our vision is for our two communities and what we hope to do together um, as two churches united as one. Uh, but if you were to scan this, you could see all of the things that we hope that we'll be able to extend generosity on your behalf in um, our communities and, and in our world and things we want to do even among us. And so the second ask is that you would take this, you would take it and scan this and prayerfully consider a year-end gift this year. Um, Anytime in December or um, when we meet December 22nd together at our Christmas Eve services. Um, We've said this often, but the pace of our response is dictated by the pace of your generosity. And you'll see we have a lot lot of things that we hope we can extend generosity into this world. And we're just asking if you'd prayerfully consider that. Um, we're going to close our service the way that we started um, with worship. And so um, for those of you that uh, want to stand in the worship team, if you want to come out, um, did, I, did I miss something? Oh, wait, wait. I have one other really important announcement. Come here, Carter. Come here. come here. They're like, yeah, duh. Guys, I had COVID. I had the flu before that. I'm trying to get RSV, so I'm going to have the triple crown. Come I.
0: I, call I, literally, you I literally have
1: been sick For what feels like forever Okay We're still going to worship I'm going to do this fast um, uh, There is nobody that I respect more than this man um, Nobody I've been doing this for a really long time um, And um, When God um, Tapped me on the shoulder Which I know that he did And said hey You go to uh, Rockford, and what I didn't know it was also going to include the northwest suburbs. I didn't, know. I didn't know. To do something that is impossible. That all my friends called me and said, you're so stupid. And, and there are many days, six out of seven, where I'm like, I'm an idiot. I am. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing most days. I'm just trying to be obedient. I can tell you that in the journey, there was o- one person specifically that I said, if you would go with me, if you would just go with me, um, then I think the Lord might do something amazing. And so the very first person I called, I was sitting on a rock in Colorado and I called Steve Carter and I said, okay, I'm gonna go to Rockford. I don't know what all this means. You wanna go with me? And there was a long silence because <laughs> he's in Arizona. And get, we all know like this area this was, had some pain and uh, weaved into your narrative and So over the last two years I said Okay well then let's just like journey together And um, I gotta tell you man Like the depth of love that I have for you It's like real, you are the real deal And so um, I was really excited when Steve Chose to move his family back to the northwest suburbs It's not a small deal and then I'm really excited because over the last few months, we've been saying, okay, let's give this a real shot.
0: We should, we should worship really quick. So I, short of it is this is where I want to be. And life is getting smaller. Um, a buddy of mine told me I'm staying too long in a mountain. Things got to get smaller. And uh, he was right. And this is what this is what we're trying to do. So, um, with that, um, can we can we worship together?